Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. After weeks of defiance, U.S. President Donald Trump finally gives the go signal to begin the transition to President-elect Joe Biden. However, the move doesn't mean Trump will no longer pursue his poll protest. North America Bureau Chief T.J. Manotok joins us now. Good afternoon from Manila, T.J. Thanks for joining us today. Good evening from San Francisco, Casey. All right. So where there was doubt before, it looks like the institutions and traditions are strong enough to withstand a divided America. Tell us about how significant the move is or was of the General Services Administration. Go ahead, TJ. Well, this was this was a very important uh, hurdle for the Biden team really to, to get over because they've been talking about this the last uh, week or so in terms of this is the one that is really phys uh, you know, physically blocking them. Aside from Trump and his legal efforts and what he says on Twitter, this is the official agency that is tasked to handle the transition. And now that uh, they have allowed this, it's a clear sign for many experts and analysts that it is a sign that Trump is allowing this transition. He doesn't need to say the words, I concede, at the very least. This takes, you know, away putting the country at risk in terms of um, concerns of national security, the pandemic that's really taken, you know, nearly a thousand lives every day so so far in this current surge. And, and now the Biden team needs this critical information to really get to work you know, and work with the federal government. And, and you can't just jump in the White House and take all the files and all the desks and, and so on and so forth, because this is the stuff that happens under the radar uh, every four years, or, or at least every transition of, a of an administration, Kamina. But now it's under a microscope, really, because there's been so much uh, scrutiny as to the delays that uh, Emily Murphy, uh, who's the head of the GSA, has been putting uh, so much in terms of uh, waiting for this uh, to to go forth, and now with her formal letter, you know she she came that uh, brought that out today. It's interesting to note the timing, Carmina, because it happened just hours after Michigan finally uh, certified the vote uh, there by a vote of three three to, three to zero uh, by their legislature there to certify Joe Biden's win. So that essentially slams the door on Trump and his extreme efforts to at least overturn the vote there. And many analysts and experts believe this is no coincidence that Aaron Murphy's uh, move today was in time with Michigan's final decision on Biden's win there. Your North America Bureau Chief there, TJ Manotok. TJ, happy Thanksgiving to you and take care. Thank you. Keep safe. Right back here in the newsroom, moving on about a month after announcing a government-wide crackdown on corruption, President Rodrigo Duterte says 800 government officials and workers have been fired due to illegal activities. He read out some of their names during Monday's cabinet meeting, which included Bureau of Internal Revenue officials. They are now facing administrative cases. Duterte also revealed he received a list of names supposedly corrupt lawmakers from the Presidential Anti-Corruption Commission. But he said he neither has the power to investigate nor to name them. I have no business investigating congressmen. They belong to a separate uh, uh, organ of government, which is co-equal with the president of the Supreme Court. Now, I have no other recourse. Itapon ko rin yan doon sa ombudsman because it is the only it is the only investigating agency that uh, has jurisdiction over congressmen. Hindi ako. 
Late last month, Duterte created a task force led by Justice or the Justice Department that would look into anomalies in all state agencies until the end of his term in 2022. Justice Secretary Minato Guevara has said they have already received at least 60 corruption complaints over the past few weeks. President Duterte reiterating the need to continue his administration's war against drugs. He says the drug problem in the Philippines is a national security issue. And that's why the military should also be involved in anti-narcotics operations, not just the police. Aside from illegal drug personalities, Duterte told the military to consider human rights activists as enemies. The military has to also participate. Our enemy is the Senyalosa and the Bambo Triad. Our enemy is also includes the human rights. Hindi lang sila, hindi talaga kalabo na patayan. Well, they're out to discredit, they're out to put in a sent to prison somebody who's doing his work. Back in June, the United Nations said tens of thousands of people in the Philippines may have been killed in the war on drugs since mid-2016 amid near impunity for police and incitement to violence by top officials. But police argue their actions in the anti-drug campaign have been lawful. The Philippine government aims to vaccinate 60 million Filipinos. That's nearly 60 percent of the Philippine population, which Health Secretary Francisco Duque III says is needed to achieve herd immunity. According to Finance Chief Carlos Dominguez III, that target will cost the government 73.2 billion pesos or 1,200 pesos per person. Dominguez says the funds to buy the vaccines will come from three sources. Ang unang source natin, yung mga multilateral uh, agencies, ADB at saka World Bank. Ang estimate namin, we, we will have around 40 billion pesos from them. Low-cost, long-term loans. Tapos meron po tayong domestic sources of financing. We estimate around 20 billion. So that will come from uh, Land Bank, BBP, and possibly yung mga government-controlled corporations. So that's 20 billion. Tapos, uh, mag-negotiate pa po tayo sa mga bilateral uh, sources, either England or US or whoever. And ang target po namin doon, around 13.2 billion. Most of it is already fixed. Uh, 13.2 billion, hindi, hindi pa uh, completely negotiated. Vaccine Chief Carlito Galvez Jr. says the country may start rolling out the vaccines by May next year. The poor and areas badly hit by the virus will be prioritized. President Duterte also reiterated soldiers and police officers will be among the first to receive the vaccines. I need a healthy military and police. Kasi pag mong magkasakit lahat yan, wala na akong asahan, wala tayong maupusan. Kita naman ninyo yung baha sa 
Luzon, uh, several uh, kita ninyo military, Coast Guard, lahat na pumupunta na doon, uh, police. And then they have to take care of the law and order situation. So huwag na ninyo pahirapan masyado yung police. Kung wala naman kayong gawin, hindi uh, matulog na lang kayo kaysa mag-inuman dyan tapos magkagulo. A health expert calls on Filipinos not to mix households and instead hold virtual Christmas celebrations this holiday season. Dr. Edsel Salvania of the UP National Institute of Health says the public should remain cautious with over a thousand new coronavirus infections still being recorded daily. As we open up, we expect that there will be more cases. People in NCR have really learned how to live with the virus. In the provinces where they haven't really seen these surges, they're still kind of feeling their way. We really, really have to keep a close eye on these areas. Dr. Salvania also urges the national government to invest more in pandemic preparedness, citing the toll on the economy and society. What we need is a Centers for Disease Control, but what it will take in terms of shape or form, it's really important that we think this through, because if we just make another agency, then it's just another a layer of mm -hmm. bureaucracy. It really has to be something that works and will protect the Filipino people. An ambitious timeline to make a COVID-19 vaccine widely available in Britain early next year. Well, that's on track. That's after late-stage trials showed the vaccine candidate of Oxford University and AstraZeneca proved to be up to 90% effective. Britain has ordered 800, make that 100 million doses of the vaccine, and it's likely they will be rolled out to high-risk groups next month. Firstly, you don't need a freezer to store the vaccine. You can distribute it in the conventional way for all vaccines, keeping them in a 2 to 8 degree centigrade fridge. Secondly, some people are a little concerned that this program may have been rushed. We have decades and tens of thousands of person years of experience prior to this trial using this type of vaccine, and the safety record has been really, really excellent. And the, you know, the third thing that we've always aimed at with this program is to be able to go globally with the supply. So in addition to manufacturing for the UK and for Europe and for the US, there are manufacturers in 10 countries, many of those in Asia, supplying particularly developing countries. So I think we are going to be probably close to getting to that 3 billion dose target next year with just our vaccine. Britain also expects 10 million doses of Pfizer's vaccine this year, but its cold storage requirements pose logistical challenges. Meanwhile, Britain won't receive any vaccine from Moderna until next spring. The U.S. government will start distributing Regeneron Pharmaceuticals antibody therapy against COVID-19 this Tuesday. More than 30,000 treatment courses will be allocated based on which states have the highest numbers of confirmed cases and hospitalizations. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration earlier issued emergency use authorization for the treatment for mild to moderate COVID-19 to children and adults who are at risk of progressing to severe COVID-19. 
This comes after the U.S. recorded its biggest weekly rise in COVID-19 deaths since August, averaging about 1,500 people per day. New cases, meanwhile, are averaging over 168,000 daily. Well, back here at home, the National Irrigation Administration insists it followed protocol when it released water from the Magat Dam at the height of the onslaught of Typhoon Ulysses. During the House hearing into the severe flooding in Cagayan and Isabela, NIA Administrator Ricardo Visaya explained the protocol the agency has been following since 2006 when releasing dam water. We are giving a lead time to all concerned, including government offices, LGUs, radio stations, etc., etc., civilians, no? Six hours bago para makapag-react sila. So, alas 9, iniimpormahan na po natin ang mga concerned. First, telepono. Redundant po ang pag inform natin dito. And it is a uh, followed by a black and white document. Nire-regulate po yan. Hindi ibig sabihin na, ano, na nung during that time, ah, biglang nirelease. Nag-release. Mali po yun. There is a gradual ano, in increase or additional increase or additional opening of gates. The agency has been largely blamed for the widespread flooding in Cagayan that swamped houses and fields, forcing residents to take refuge on their rooftops. Mainilad's rotational water service interruptions extended until November 29th as it continues to deal with highly turbid water caused by Typhoon Ulysses. Metro Manila's West Zone concessionaire explains two of its water basins at the La Mesa treatment plant are now free of sludge, but the third one is taking longer than expected to clean up. As a result, Mainilad says it might take five more days before customers who are located in the farthest and highest points of its service area can receive ample water supply. The Philippine Labor Department giving contradicting updates on the Skyway Extension Project incident. The agency's Metro Manila office on Monday said it issued a work stoppage order against the project contractor EEI Corporation following the accident that killed one person. But Labor Secretary Silvestre Bello III told ANC he has no knowledge of such an order, adding he will decide on the proper course of action once he receives the full report on the incident. Expecting the report yesterday, and I am not aware of any order, or we call it established order, issued by any of my underlings, by our regional director for NCR, nor by our executive director of the Occupational Safety and Health Center. If the report is true that somebody died, definitely this may be a basis for a criminal action. On Saturday, a crane hit and caused a steel girder to fall at the construction site in Montinlupa, killing a motorcycle rider. The crane operator has been detained and is facing several charges, including homicide and multiple physical injuries. 
And before we go, Pope Francis meets a delegation of five NBA players and several officials from the National Basketball Players Association. The NBA's delegation includes Kyle Korver, Jonathan Isaac, and Marco Bellinelli. The meeting took place at the Papal Library of the Apostolic Palace after the Vatican extended an invitation to the Players' Union. They discussed efforts to address social and economic injustice and inequality in their communities. It was also an opportunity to expand global awareness and efforts to promote social justice after the deaths of several black Americans at the hands of police. The players brought Pope Francis a compilation featuring images, quotes and headlines of their members' leadership and activism. They also gave the pontiff a golden basketball. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Play back the interviews too on ANC's YouTube channel. Keep safe, everyone. Keep it here on ANC.